all guys gals and non-binary pals welcome to the newest episode of the noobs and knockouts podcast brought to you on youtube on spotify on google and apple Podcasts. i'm austin i'm a knockout watched a lot of wrestling i'm david i'm a noob haven't watched nearly as much wrestling and and noob though i may be today i am a bringer of knowledge uh first and foremost uh may i just say that we are recording this on 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 goddamn Austin's birthday. Fucking get give it up, folks. Look look at this, look at this man. Did another gabagoo around the sun. We're so proud of you, buddy. Aren't we? Aren't we proud of him, folks? Woohoo! I have made it again, and here yeah, I we're, am. We're so proud. This is how I'm spending my birthday recording this podcast. <laughs> Excuse you. What better way? to celebrate you you my friend you you i have to say what you told me you spent your you spent your day doing i think feels perfectly reflective of of uh how we were going to be spending our evening uh as you spent both the the day and now your evening embroiled in some facet of the american legal system yeah sure uh (laughs) as tonight we get we return to 2005 uh, for the ever, can, the ever ridiculous case of Dominic Mysterio's uh, legal yes. uh, uh, parentage and um, uh, custody, as Eddie Guerrero has now as has asserted that he in fact is the fa- he is Dom's poppy, and mm. Ray has no rebuttal to this idea. So clearly, it is true. Obviously. <clears throat> And Eddie has somehow gotten a court to give him full custody of Dominic effective immediately, mm. uh, completely outside with without contacting Ray or Dominic at all. And now on tonight's episode, the August 11th, 2005 episode of SmackDown, uh, Do- Ray has now been required to hand over Dominic to his dad. To his true father, you know, Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. Okay, so, when last we were here, I tasked myself with a bit of homework, and Austin helped task me with this homework, as I was to go and get answers from my girlfriend about whether or not um, any of this holds up at all. I have obtained these answers, at least to some extent. So I am I imagine she mostly was like, This is stupid. She actually humored me. She actually was like entertaining the the hypothetical all the way through. Um so I, I first like gave her a, a big long spiel about like just the whole setup, and I asked, Okay, this is a load of horseshit, right? And she goes, Yes. But as I have come to, as, as she's basically come to make me understand it, is like, so very basically, the courts prioritize the child having two parents who are legally financially responsible for the kid. Um, mm-hmm. Now, we, we encounter a problem in that, shockingly, it doesn't seem as though the WWE writers were uh, terribly that terribly well informed about the, the the family law system we have in America because um, Amber asked me the very basic question kind of multiple times about like 
who was currently like legally responsible for the kid. And I didn't really have an answer because like we get told as part of the story that Eddie, um, you know, had, had Dom with the mama Sita and then something, something handed over Dominic to, to Ray. And that's, there was not there was not a a, a stringent legal process to it in the way he described Eddie described the, it. Yes, except the problem is according according to my delightful significant <laughs> other, uh, it is rather difficult to raise a child for eight years and just not have any papers claiming that he's yours. So she finds it highly improbable that. The Mysterios just got handed Dominic by Eddie with no paper trail whatsoever. Because... Yeah, like we under like it's easy to understand the narrative reason why he, they said they frame it like that is because they want to make it seem relatively easy for Eddie to just reassert his own parenthood here. Yeah. Because legally speaking, he never, for lack of a better word, handed over Dominic. Yeah. Yeah, which, again, is how they make it sound. And you would think that if 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 Ray had papers saying Dominic were his, he could just pull that, pull that out in front of Eddie and be like, trump card, bitch. But also, like, yeah, you, it, I'm shocked to learn that you can't just, like, have a kid in your possession for eight years with no papers linking him to you legally and just be able to keep doing that at least terribly easily. Um, like it, it does raise the question of like, did, does Dominic just not have a birth certificate or if he does, but is like it fake? how, <laughs> how though, like, like, th- like all of a sudden that, 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 that legal rabbit hole opens up because th- in that case, Dominic's just not like a fucking legal citizen of the United States. <laughs> like you can, like there, like if it, if, if, if the matter was just a matter of like proof of residence and care, there would obviously at this point be some documentation of that. For example, his school records is an example. Yeah. But the problem with that is that like, to get to that point, he would require, at the very minimum, the birth certificate. Yeah. And potentially the social security number as well at that point. So, like, with no papers, Eddie apparently does get some priority and sway as Biodad. Um at least in theory. Again, this muddles by th- this is usually muddled by the fact that we have no fucking clue where Mama Sita is. Yeah, so like, it's it's presumably she is not in the picture here. This yeah. is theoretically it's all it like if Dominic were to come back to the care of Eddie, it would be Eddie and his wife. Which uh, to me begs the care question of though of how the fuck did Eddie get Dom away from Mama Sita in the first place? Well, because presumably she didn't want the kid. But she had the kid she she gave birth to the kid she didn't have an abortion so well 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 now that 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 gets into some sketchy territory but presumably i will just make the assumption that she for whatever particular reason didn't want to go through with an abortion but also did not wish to uh keep the child 
keep the child okay. for whatever personal reasons that may be. She did want to keep it in some form or other, but maybe I, I don't think I don't think we get any any. I don't think we get any real. He doesn't seem to care for her opinion on the matter. He only speaks about his own. So yeah. I just took it to be, I kind of Occam's razored it of like, what is the simplest explanation for her feelings on the matter? Which is that she also did not wish to take care of the kid. Yes. And thus was so, perfectly okay with Eddie just handing him over so to someone else. The thing is with no papers, the courts would be inclined to hand Dom over to, mm. to Eddie and Mama Sita as bio mom and dad, whose name are on Dom, whose names are on Dominic's birth certificate however a we have like mama c does not in the fucking picture um and like eddie does have vicky now but vicky's name isn't on dominic's birth certificate so that'd probably be i, I didn't go down this rabbit hole with amber but it, the, there, there's probably a whole other like legal snafu there about like then getting vicky's name on the custody mm -hmm. papers for dominic mm -hmm. um but with with all of that, if we if we apply a little more real world logic to it, Eddie and or Ray and his wife probably do have some papers to raise Dominic by because again, how the fuck could you get away with that with like no for like eight years with just no papers linking this child to you? Um, right. Uh, and but alt and and then ultimately like um. Ultimately, she came down with the answer of, like, while it, while it seemed like her answers indicated, like, Ray would probably have the stronger claim and ed everything Eddie's touting on SmackDown is probably a bunch of bullshit, it also depends on facts that sh she doesn't have knowledge of it. I'm like, yeah, well, that's what the writers We don't either. <laughs> so, yeah, shockingly, this is, this is, uh, this is probably a bunch of bull feathers. Uh, and I added, I, I did ask the final question, the most important question of, okay. So, if there oh, were no. any question about who gets custody of Dom, and then if Eddie were to just relinquish custody to Ray, say, for example, after Ray won the custody papers in a ladder match, uh, would the courts be chill with that? Ray wins, everybody go home, the end. Uh, I, would and assume, I would assume that the courts is treating that as a settling out of court moment. <laughs> Her, her response was, you mean would the courts be chill with the custody battle decided by wrestling? Absolutely not. So, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, folks. To everybody's surprise, uh, this this whole storyline is a bunch of legal gibberish. <laughs> IRL. I, I'm going to rate this from a writing quality perspective. Uh, I'm going to bring up a little bit of something from a TV tropes. Ah, known yes. Oh, oh, uh, TV known tropes, a.k.a. Austin's repository for all media knowledge. That's true. Uh, known as fridge logic. Uh, <laughs> fridge logic is called as such because it's basically something where as you go to the fridge to, and you're thinking back on whatever the media you just consumed, you realize it doesn't make sense, but it's something that you don't immediately know doesn't make sense. It, you have to, when you think about it, it's shorthand logic for things that don't make sense when you think about it too hard. Yes, yes. And I feel like this story fits that description as, as oh, yeah. you said, based on the answers Amber gave, 
uh, actually uh, assuming, as framed in the story, Eddie actually has a decent case in because apparently there are no legal papers tying Ray. As to far as Dominic. we know, they just haven't as said jack shit about it. And it right. doesn't make Ray, sense. Ray isn't arguing that he has the legal documentation for this. He's yeah, arguing yeah, that like, I, that raised, I raised Dominic, therefore I am his father, not yeah. you. Like, I don't uh, know if common it, law parenthood is a thing, and I decided not to bug my girlfriend who hates wrestling more about this storyline right, past right. the basic question. So, so on the surface, it works well enough for a wrestling storyline. Uh, but fridge logic kicks in when you think about it and you actually consider the ramifications of ray not having any sort of documentation that would show him as legally responsible for dominic and thus allowing eddie to kind of with ease take his son back yes again there's also the problem of like the ideal situation is handing dom over to bio dad and mom uh but we also have no idea mm -hmm. where the fuck mama sita is so like, like again, there, I Occam's razor to she she doesn't want to be in the picture. Yeah, but then that would open up a bit more of a squicky question because Mama Sita doesn't exist, and the courts prefer to have two parents who are legally attached to the child. Right. I so, feel like I feel like you could in a like legal class and like in like a law class. Ex unironically examine this case as like a fascinating set of questions about like how family law and like parental custody rights work because there are a lot of like blank holes that you kind of need to fill in here <laughs> right du which WWE accidentally creating a wonderful case study for a yeah. law class yeah I like that and like I feel like one that not, like, a 101 law class could tackle either. Like, you need to be, like, in the fucking trenches. Because so many questions get opened up by all the shit they've left unanswered. Like, yeah, well, you, the only way you can come up with a satisfactory answer to how this should go is at, is making assumptions that they do, that the story does not explicitly or even implicitly give you. Yeah, pretty much. Or, like, try to follow the implications of what the story leaves unanswered, like, all right. the way down to their logical conclusion. Correct. But the story itself is still not calling any of that into question. Yeah. So, you are still just extrapolating and making guesses. Yes. So, at the end of the day, folks, we, we as we venture into the final two episodes as we are we are in the current penultimate episode of this of this arc mm -hmm. um you may go forth it is my gift to you audience and i suppose you too austin for your birthday uh happy birthday to Thanks. to know that, <laughs> what, that a this, what a fantastic gift absolutely the gift of knowledge that this is uh, a is fascinating legal case study deep dive and also a load of horse shit. Of course, a stupid wrestling storyline. Just, just the the answer is just just don't think about it. That's my gift to you. Just don't, just don't, don't think about it. It's okay. It's okay. Daddy's here. Have you? <clears throat> um, 
did did actually did we consider the fact that it's not necessarily that um that Dominic is not necessarily that this wrestling match is for the custody of Dominic in so much as it is Eddie Guerrero willing to give up, willing to drop his case if he were to lose a wrestling match, because that's essentially that's essentially what's actually happening. That is that is like see that is what I meant to ask Amber as the final question. And again, I and I think she like slightly misunderstood me when I answered that. But again, it didn't want to like poke the hornet nest too much more of like hey, right, keep right. talking about this dumb fuck wrestling thing with me. <laughs> There's only so sure, much violence sure, I can sure. get out of that man, but um. You, like, you got a lot already. Props to I you. got a lot already. Yeah, I, I, thank, can't be chooses, all right? Thank you, like, David's partner, Amber, for indulging probably more than she's needed to absolutely. of this nonsense. Oh, uh, she, what, she, she could have, she, she could have said no, but, but, but I do, I do have a, a delightful, loving partner who, uh, who can, can be quite, quite nice and generous and uh i am so i'm so lucky uh if if I, i'm i'm sure i'm gonna try to make her listen to the front half of this episode uh lo- <laughs> love you babe thanks thanks again uh, <laughs> she's gonna watch she's gonna watch 15 minutes of this and make sure we I can, never I watch any edit again right now she, her head is in, in the future when i'm having a visit her head is turned to me and she's like giving me a blank disappointed stare <laughs> well all right <laughs> It's all right, Amber. You're free to turn off the podcast right now. We can now get back to wrestling. Oh, she's so mean to me. Uh, she won't ever anyway. <laughs> now that she's gone. No, um yeah. uh No, delight. <laughs> thank, thank thank you to our to our uh our our staff legal consultant, Amber. Um no, yes. but but like I that, that is ultimately a question of like I suppose if Eddie like legally drops the case, then the courts have no choice or voluntarily drops the case. The courts have no choice, but just kind of like shrug their shoulders. I, I assume okay. so anyway. Um, Cause yeah. like, I, I Obvi- seems- because, because I, I would agree that obviously like if literally as if a court, the court mandated, this is how you're going to settle the issue. That's mm-hmm. silly and stupid, but yeah. it would, I, I would, are, it probably is legally a distinct thing to be like, do take participate in this silly and stupid thing and if you beat me i will drop the case yeah like the courts don't need to know that like if eddie just voluntarily like relinquishes custody of dominic it i wouldn't i wouldn't be terribly surprised if the courts were just like okay i mean it seems like he's in a decent enough living situation already so if eddie decides he doesn't actually want the kid then goes back to ray okay um just okay. sign some custody papers, motherfuckers. If Eddie's like, if Eddie's okay yeah. with this, then just sign some custody papers. We're all Gucci. Um, but th- th- I will say that does a- throw in the extra, the extra th- uh, final consideration for me of since fucking when does Eddie take any losses gracefully? Like, okay. I know we it's have the to. Sa- the seventh loss is the one that he is going to take gracefully. Ab- yeah. You know. well, for the sake of TV, we got to move on from this goddamn feud. But it, right. it's so funny to me that they set up this this whole story that is based purely on Eddie, like acting like a complete and total psychopath out of spite for losing a wrestling match to Ray. And the conclusion is going to be Eddie's going to lose a wrestling match to Ray again and then be f- 
forced to just like, that's and then, the and, thing that's like, the thing that gets through to him is well, losing that, again. that's the problem right is in order to be consistent with Eddie's character, you kind of have to say that this is what makes the final legal determination and not just scouts honor. I'll drop the case if I lose because Mm -hmm. Eddie Guerrero just voluntarily dropping this case after the loss doesn't fully make sense for his character. So you kind of do have to go with the assumption of no, actually Eddie losing this will mean he is forced legally to accept defeat because Eddie will not ever go quietly into that good night. So like, I don't know, maybe that means backstage. If Ray wins, like WWE legal gets involved and backs Ray up, like basically throws all their resources in Ray's corner to force Eddie out of the picture. But there is no way there's no fucking way that Eddie is just like scouts honoring this. So I think ultimately, even though, even if like, Ultimately, like Amber misunderstood the question I was trying to ask. I think the answer she gave does kind of point to the final stupidity of this because it would have to be a legal decision because otherwise Eddie Guerrero wouldn't fucking take it. Yeah, I suppose this is an example of of writing yourself into a corner in the sense that Eddie's Eddie's entire character is fixated on the idea of loss. Yeah. And therefore, losing again doesn't really logically make sense as to why this time it's going to get through to him to stop yeah. being a fucking weirdo. But at the same time, the circumstances of this final confrontation make it that realistically, Eddie can't win because we are talking about the custody of someone else's child. <laughs> Obviously, Ray is going to win and get custody back and 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 definitively get custody of his own son. Yeah. Therefore, Eddie can't just win the match and then realize, oh, I've been a dick this whole time, haven't I? Pretty much. But like, so, so like, I would like to see, like, the ideal version of this is one in which during the final match, Eddie has a come to Jesus moment before Ray winning. Mm-hmm. But I somehow doubt that given who Eddie Guerrero is as a character and given the fact that I know that after this angle, this motherfucker has a bit where he's like riding in on a convertible with fucking Batista wearing an I'm your poppy shirt. I somehow doubt this is going to end with Eddie having a come to Jesus moment. I could be wrong. There could be some cards you're not showing me in your hand of pre-knowledge about this, but I... I am going to press X to doubt that Eddie actually has like any kind of face turn on this. At least not one that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so that, I think that's enough of time. I think we've dice fully dissected. Absolutely. Uh, Eddie and Ray where we're at now. Uh, so other things going on on SmackDown right now. Um, we had a contract signing between uh, JBL and Batista for SummerSlam where JBL was an idiot and just asked and, and had with the ability to uh, pick any kind of match at SummerSlam. He just was like, pick a hardcore match and not... Yeah, he's still giving a- Batista a fair shake. Yeah, he's still giving Batista a fair shot at winning the match as opposed to just literally stacking the deck in his own favor because he could pick any type of match he wanted. 
God, that that had been so sick too. There's so much potential you could have gotten out of that, and like Batista then needing to find some way to weasel out of it. Like, fuck! If these writers ever thought about any of their concepts in this era for more than five seconds, we could actually get some like really thought provoking questions out of it. Makes makes me appreciate that in 2020. Dolph Ziggler challenged Drew McIntyre and did actually take advantage of the situation of like, I can pick whatever kind of match I want. Okay. Well, I, you have to win with a five count and you have, and I can do, and I can break all the rules and you can't break any of them. That's like, that's actually genius. That's actually a smart thing to do. And, now, of course, it was Dolph Ziggler, so he still lost. But well, I was yeah. like, holy shit. But, but, I have so complained. I, like, yeah, I have complained about the idea that heels never do this for years, and then a heel does it. Yeah, and, well, and, and, and like, that does create, like, the ever-interesting predicament of, oh, how is my hero going to get out of this one this time? Like, mm-hmm. Drew does have to find <clears throat> some way to overpower or weasel out of that. Whereas mm-hmm. here, JBL is just like, oh yeah, hardcore match, which gives Batista a completely fair shake and arguably could give Batista a fucking edge because it's goddamn Batista. Yeah, you could argue, well, that just means JBL's cabinet can interfere for him, except from what we've seen, Batista can easily solo his entire group of flunkies. So easily. it's not like it's actually helping. Yeah, no, but... Batista's power levels here are too fucking off the charts for this to be any kind of remote threat. Mm-hmm. Ugh, stupid. Uh, yeah, but there was no fighting after after the contract signing. I That's know! That's the ultimate, like, cherry shit on top of the shit cake. Uh, of, like, they, they, we didn't even get a fight sequence out of it. What kind of fucking contract signing bit? doesn't have a goddamn fight after it oh my god they're just doing everything wrong here and they called themselves the ruthless aggression era what a load nothing more ruthlessly aggressive than uh just signing a contract calmly and not fighting afterwards a a, a contract that you could have that you were given permission to be a jackass about and then you just didn't 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 yep And not even for any good reason. Like it's not like JBL's fucking principled. It's JBL. No. Yeah, he, he he held the WWE title for ten months, weaseling his way out of every match imaginable. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking my 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 fucking man would be like, oh you you bleeding heart Kennedyite liberals want me to give this guy a fair shake. Fuck okay, I will. <laughs> okay, I will. JBL, the most, the most, the most reasonable Republican. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, goddamn. Okay, that's just fine. All right. Goddamn, I'll JBL belongs to local politics. JBL doesn't belong like with a fucking faux presidential cabinet. He 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 belongs he belongs as like a, a, a an actually fair and balanced TMCR city council member. Hey. All right, uh, other stuff going on on SmackDown. Uh, Randy Orton came back and fucked with The Undertaker because apparently losing one whole WrestleMania match has ruined his entire legacy and therefore he must get revenge on The Undertaker. Another running theme, losing a single match and going on a psychotic spite feud about it. Yeah. Um, The tag team, uh, Eminem, 
are once again number one contenders for the tag titles. God damn. Hey. And, uh, hey, Molina. Hey, Molina. We're, we're back to you, aren't we? We, we keep... She just she just keeps being well. I guess she 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 made one extra appearance. She's not fucking appearing on Lucha Underground past her single appearance. But but no, you know she will never she will never be back. It was it was it was cute. Hey Melina. Hey Johnny. How you doing? Uh, how's that? How's that chick with the mole? Uh yeah. Uh, Jillian Hall Joker posted after like two weeks. Oh my fucking god! I still I. God, again, concept that could have had such interesting stuff done with it if they had, like, fucking gone anywhere past it aside that, from, haha, <laughs> woman ago. That that mole is ugly and you're laughing and you think that's funny? And, J- J- and, then, and then the entire, the entire, the entire writer's room, the entire writer's room just does, yes. Yeah, yeah, I do, and I'm tired of admitting. And I'm tired of I'm pretending, tired of pretending that, that I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm tired of pretending that I don't. And then, <laughs> and then she shoots Vince McMahon in the face. Of course, that's exactly how that goes. If fucking only. And then, um, on the other side, Animal is slowly giving Heidenreich more. And road warrior traits like yeah, this, a buzz cut and face paint it's like watching a fucking slow conversion of, of anakin into darth vader like my man's getting just all the all the fucking uh road warrior shit grafted onto him over time uh and i'm still after all this time fucking salty that they implied that heidenreich goddamn heidenreich potential unfrozen nazi heidenreich is better at wrestling makeup than i am fuck that i i i hate 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 that they that they implied that heidenreich can do that makeup in like two seconds Ugh. yep this is so uh, fuck, fuck, fuck all the like legal realism to the eddie ray thing my suspension of disbelief is broken when they when they asserted that heidenreich could do the road warrior makeup in like the span of a commercial change commercial break yeah Little, little ridiculous, if I may say so. Ah, boy, I'm sure somebody, somebody got fired for that blunder. For that blunder. Uh, so last, I mean, last episode we joked about how fillery and bad uh, the episode was. Three whole matches. Hopefully, there will be more matches on this episode. Um, maybe. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there were not. That's true. There might <laughs> just, not be. Just leave it there. There could be even fewer. You never know. It's fucking oh, wild. No. <laughs> they just keep finding Post. less. They just keep finding ways to have less matches. Well, you like have you like having only three matches? You, you didn't like having only three matches on the last card. Well, that's just fine. How about having only two? No. Amazing, honestly, it's just exciting yeah. to to try to to try to uh, s- imagine. You use one's powers of imagination to think, man, what the fuck could they possibly use to fill a bunch of time with this time? What extraneous of bullshit could they throw in there? Only time maybe will we'll, tell. Maybe we'll have we have to watch. On this note, maybe we someday have to watch the episode of Monday Nitro, where as part it's a three hour Nitro to be clear. 
Uh, the entire first hour of the show had no wrestling matches, seemingly to prove that you could, in fact, do a wrestling show like that. And then the ratings were complete ass. Wow, no fucking way. You mean to tell me that people tuned in for wrestling and then tuned out when there was not, in fact, wrestling? Cut. What? Cut. For fuck. What, what are you even, what the fuck is the audience even for? Wrestling fans are fickle. They are. <laughs> but yeah, clearly sometime we should watch the episode of Nitro just to see how they filled an entire hour without wrestling. I want to find that single episode of wrestling that is out there somewhere where there's not a single goddamn match on the entire episode. Somewhere I, out there. Th th I kind of want to see if I can find something that isn't just there's, a clip show because that's there's obviously no true. way there's no actual way i'm i'm mostly memeing here but also if you told me that sometime in the early 2000s they like pre three hour raws they ran a, a raw where there was actually no fucking actual matches on the card i would not be the most surprised person in the world i would be a little surprised but i would not be extremely surprised if they were like actually there's one episode of raw from like the 2000s with not a single real goddamn match on it now there have been episodes of raw with hysterically small amounts of wrestling on oh it. well yeah that's just raw and smackdown too but that's also just mm -hmm. raw especially smackdown these days raw has got especially with the game you, in you charge mean, you know raw raw's going a lot deeper and fuck we got three hours to fill just have long matches or something damn wow no way in a fucking vacation of the century god damn uh no but yeah who who the thunker would take a an actual fucking wrestler to make a change like that jesus no but like you mean to tell me that modern smackdown with like all the like melodrama they got going on with the 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 ray dominic thing and the the uh Roman gotta have Roman gotta have thirty minutes to monologue every episode. So you know, you not only does Roman gotta have his thirty minutes to monologue. Now we also throw Sami Zayn being a part of the bloodline into the mix, and like every episode gotta like have more developments on that. So like, there's already a fucking hour gone. Like, goddamn. The fuck are we gonna do with the rest? One, one of the this storyline's really good, but don't worry, nothing else will be. Nothing. <laughs> we just the, don't have time. Yeah, who's got who's got time for other shit? I mean, to be fair, everyone and their mother is apparently raving about how like Sami Zayn joining with the Usos in the Bloodline is actually like one of the most brilliant story things that WWE has ever done, which is such a wild thing to think about. But well, also, I know clearly I know what our next arc has to be. Hell fucking yeah. No, 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 no. If we're doing any modern WWE arcs, it has to be Ray, uh, Dominic becoming becoming Rhea Ripley's sub. I, I will not take anything else. Mm. Make a good way to cycle it all back around. Absolutely. Uh, Thematic as, cohesion, Austin. That's what we're fans of on this show. As to, as tonight, we continue the story of the custody of Subanic Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely. It's it's been a it's it's an ever asked. It is a question, Austin, that that the universe dictates be asked every every few years. You know, of like who does Dominic Subanic Mysterio really belong to? Some say who, Eddie Guerrero. Who, some say who, Rey Mysterio. Some say Rio Ripley. Who is Dominic's daddy? We already know the answer, and it's neither of these and two it, men. It, but they're going to fight over it anyway. Honestly, honestly, based. I, I think I think the answer uh, to anyone asking who's your daddy should be Rhea Ripley. Fair. It's a fair answer. It's a pretty uh, fair answer. But back to tonight. Tonight yes. we will, again, watch the August 11th, 2005 episode of SmackDown. Our last episode of SmackDown that we're going to watch before SummerSlam. And oh, shit. Penultimate as- episode. Fuck. We're almost done, boys. We got two more left. Yep. But for now, we are going to see what happens when Ed- when Eddie tries to forcibly take Dominic back. I wonder where this is going to lead. Yep. And so uh, you want to watch along with us. Peacock, NBC Universal's uh, streaming service is the way to go with that. Uh, <clears throat> not going to bother to read the prices off anymore because I don't care. Don't give a shit. You can do that research on your own. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, again, you want to watch along with us you can do so on peacock and in the back half we'll be back to discuss more of 2005 smackdown oh, yeah brother and we are back uh, we have finished the august 11th 2005 episode of smackdown uh i would i, I will go ahead and open this time by saying okay. that you know, last time we talked about how it, it felt fillery and boring. And I don't think this episode had any more significant plot progression, Mm-mm. but it was about 10 times more insane. Yeah, it was definitely more like I did not feel as deeply existentially bored as I did last time, to mm-hmm. be sure. It like it was still don't don't get us wrong, audience. Filler, 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 filler 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 aside from the outside of the ray and eddie stuff which is hitting hitting a hitting a crescendo right what a hell of a crescendo it is but god damn um fucking uh, it 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 managed to keep the pace brisk uh and then sustained what it needed to sustain again mostly the ray and eddie stuff yeah uh i I had a real realization because this this episode is set in Columbus, Ohio this week. Yeah. And it's like if if my mother had not been so insistent that I not get into wrestling when I was a child, mm-hmm. I could have been at this episode of SmackDown this as, very as a 10 year old. I could have been at this episode. And I'm like, this is the insane nonsense I would have seen live. I can only imagine how that must feel to you. Like, the existential dread, I can only imagine that fills you with, to know that you had the potential to, like, witness this. How how does that feel? It feels deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Something just feels wrong inside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 
as it should. I I forget. Have we have we watched on this show any of the any of the shows that you have actually been to? No. Uh, we got to do that someday. We sh- we probably should. I don't I don't think I've ever really been to any shows that are like worth going back to. I mean, but nah, you know, it's exercise just to like it would it would be room room where it happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could talk about vaguely if I remember anything from being yeah. there live. Any of I remember any of this? Um, Which something is funny to consider because because like in terms of shit that I've been to, I've been to a house show, which, you know, doesn't get televised. Which we could totally make an arc out of. Nah, and we could have. Uh, uh, inst- no, we, 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 we mine all of your live shows for content. True. This is true. Oh shit. You're right. We've already, we've already done content of, of my live shows. So like now, mm-hmm. now it's your, I mean, they are your live shows too, but like now it's really your turn, motherfucker. That's true. All right. But as, as for the show we watched tonight, so we, we open uh, with the standard SmackDown opener, which I have to say the more I, I won't be denied. It's so it's so wild this opener. The more I watch it, like you always call out the white background and like, <clears throat> yeah, that's a lot. But like, <clears throat> we get like some kind of like goofy shots interspersed. I can't remember all of them. The one I always take note of is like Booker like coming up and looking at his hand and like, like 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 it's a surprise that his hand is there. Now I know this is a call out to like a pop that he does. However. If this is your first ever time watching wrestling with no context, then it's at this very pronounced clip of this dude popping up into frame, looking at his hand, which is in a vague claw formation facing him, and him being like, what the fuck? Like, wild. And then just like, every time a woman is on screen during this opener, it's just like, hey, did you know that SmackDown has boobs? It's boobs. And, and a couple butts too. It also has some butts. Melina is always there to supply the ass. Melina's always, yeah, Melina is there to make sure you get your your daily helping of booty. Make sure you get the A as well as the T. Absolutely. Putting in the work before before New Day. That Melina walked so New Day could run. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> Yeah, so we are in, indeed at the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, and off the bat, you know, the big thing tonight is that chapter three of Eddie's bedtime story, and Cole and Taz are, you know, clearly still kind of like, man, this whole thing's kind of weird, but while they're sounding like slightly morose about it, goddamn, the graphics team is getting really cheeky about the fucking promotional graphics for this particular feud. They're enjoying themselves. Like, did you notice that? How, like, the chapter three's got this, like, kind of crayon font to it, and mm-hmm. it's, and, like, the letters are, like, dancing around. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, Eddie and Ray kind of have, like, filters over them that make it all look, like, kind of, like, cheeky and hunky-dory. It's like, you motherfuckers. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the drama of it all. Yeah, I, I, I'm i glad the graphics team is really enjoying this, like, deeply personal family drama that's going on. Yeah, 
absolutely. I'll be honest, I completely forgot that he mentioned chapter three in the promo last time. I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't realize I didn't realize they had already knew coming in that like, oh yeah, this is chapter three of the story. Of course, of course. They they there's always gotta be, Austin, another chapter. Eddie's Eddie's gotta keep the story going until Dominic comes home. I actually, I actually wouldn't be surprised if after Eddie somehow successfully got Dominic home, he just kept bringing chapters of it to TV just to rub it in Ray's face. Like he has more Eddie. chapters. Last night, Dominic and I had meatloaf. <laughs> Would be a bit of a disappointment. And Ray's, chapter. and Ray's just there like you motherfucker. Yeah, so we open with a match, incredibly. There are actually a ton of matches Somehow, on this show. Witchcraft. Now, are any of them particularly important matches? No. no. But goddamn, we actually do have matches. Yeah, so it is Booker T versus Joey Mercury. We get one of Eminem going solo this time. I know, that feels weird. Well, one of Eminem not named but is it Nitro. Ni- yeah. It's not Nitro. We actually, we I, Joey Mercury was. I didn't know Joey Mercury was capable of going solo. I kind of assumed it was like a fucking Ice Climbers thing from Smash. Where like, <laughs> one, of, one of them is the is the PC Ice Climber, and the other one's the NPC Ice Climber. And like, and Joey the Mercury is the, NPC, is the ice NPC Ice Climber. Yeah. It, so like, if the if the PC Ice Climber dies, the like NPC Ice Climber faffs around for two seconds and then just like poofs off the screen. All right, I gotta be honest with you. We is we talk about tag teams a lot in terms of Marty's uh, the Janetti and the Sean, uh, usually <laughs> especially in a breakup context. Yeah, but the idea the idea being, of course, one a member of the team being significantly better than the other member. Yeah, uh, I think we need to retire that. For instead, who is the PC ice climber and who is the NPC Abs- ice climber? It's it's the perfect comparison, Austin. Uh, for example, goddamn, whenever whenever uh, FTR breaks up, poor Cash Wheeler is NPC ice climber. Cash Wheeler's are. definitely the NPC ice climber it's to Jack Tar. I love PC. FTR and I love Cash Wheeler, and I would love to see him have like a fruitful fucking career too. But let's be honest, Dax Harwood, just by virtue of like being a good-looking bald man with a nice mustache has just catapulted himself into like NP to PC ice climber status just because he got a, just because the the bald with the mustache is a more iconic look than the mullet. Yep, very, very much. This is very true. <laughs> uh, so tonight is Booger T and Joy Mercury one on one. They come uh, during Melina's entrance. Taz to the, tonight says this is why it's important for young people to have flexibility. <laughs> What does that even mean? So they can get down like Molina. I hate. I hate it. Uh, Speaking of Taz commentary that I hate, my man, of course, immediately goes right back out with the fucking Jillian Mole posting. Now, he once he... They again start talking about the concept of fixing the mole. Get it? Because she is a fixer. They, oh and my god! They, they have so many. Du- I've noted. I noticed this episode. They have so many dumb fuck like fixing puns. I put puns in heavy quotations because they're really just like they have different use of the word fix that everybody who like wrote for this angle somehow seems to find 
deeply funny and clever. And by, of course, whoever wrote for this angle, of course, is a euphemism for Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon piloted Vince the entire Vin- after, th- after three weeks, Vince has finally come up with a satisfactory list of fixed jokes. Yeah. And therefore, <laughs> he, he, we're shoving them in. He he got he 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 got his fill of of food of writing food jokes for Taz. So he's like, ah, what's next in my comedic brilliance? Ah, well, she's a fixer. Guess we gotta make jokes about her fixing things. Uh, I Maybe will I'll bring say, a dog on stage for her to neuter <laughs> one of these nights. <laughs> she's a fixer. <laughs> she's a fixer. But- I will say is that uh, Taz did bring back one of his, his his rants from last week, though, as Michael Cole is like, what if she fixed it with surgery? And Taz's like, well, you know, I talked about this last week. You know, yeah, get a blowtorch. Taz fucking leading is repeating material. My man, has the well runneth dry so quickly? That you're well, that that's, you have to go that's, back to that's about, what, like, that's what happens when you don't shut up about this for <laughs> two weeks. You quickly Taz, run out of material. Taz, Taz learned a hard lesson this week about pacing yourself. He did. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So while while we're we're watching the the Taz tight five about Molina's mole there's also a match going on in the background okay and- the funniest thing the honestly the funniest thing in this is the beginning of the match where Johnny Nitro while while they're getting set up you know it's for the match Jillian jumps up on the apron and distracts the ref Johnny Nitro immediately runs into the ring to interfere Booker T smacks him in the face and then the ref turns around and throws Johnny Nitro out of the match for interfering. Dumbfuck was so bad at inter- interfering that he got himself ejected immediately. Again, don't as the PC ice climber try to do the NPC ice climber's job, you idiot. Yeah. And then, and then the ref and fucking Molina gets ejected too. No, not Molina, Jillian Hall. J- Jillian, that's what I mean. Fucking Jillian gets ejected too. Now, in my notes, I wrote Jillian thrown out for standing on the apron menacingly, but <laughs> she's just she, standing there menacingly. menacingly. I love that one. Yes. Yeah. Take it's a you show Patrick Starr a picture of the mole. <laughs> it's it's a, just no, there. There, it is just a drawing. <laughs> it's just calm down, son. It's just a shitty prosthetic. Yeah. All right, but uh, but Jillian was helping to interfere. So the ref, being the smartest he's ever been, yeah. also throws her out, leaving the- only Molina. But Vince watches on in horror as this ref actually gets shit right, and he's like, "Who's responsible for drugging him today? Fuck it, you're fired. You are fired. Get out of here. You get. He noticed too much. He knows too much. We gotta kill him. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta, we, we gotta send him back to referee reprogramming. To re- <laughs> you will fall for interference every time. Yeah. yeah. So 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 dumb fucks Jillian and and Johnny get themselves ejected exactly immediately, leaving 
poor Johnny Mercury on his own at the mercy of Booker T, who just kind of clouds on him. Yeah, it's basically the match. There is a little bit of back and forth to it, but yeah, mostly okay. there. Yeah. They a little bit. I said a little bit, uh, but they. It's like they acknowledge that Booker T is a former world champion, and Joey Mercury is not. So. <laughs> Joey Mercury looking like a a, a wandering NPC in a video game right now. Yeah, he, Booker T mostly kicks his ass. Pretty um, pretty much, yeah. Um, we we Booker get T the absolutely a, uh, stupid line of spin of he does Booker T does no. the spin a Rooney and Michael Ohio Hill goes spin a Rooney Ohio State style. What does that mean? He, it's the exact same spin a Rooney as always. Is it because yeah. he did it in Columbus? Is that why it's Ohio State style? Cole, man, if you if if you had like a Michigan fan on commentary, they'd probably like make some snarky comment about like it's Ohio State style because Ohio State never does anything on its own, or I don't know some some dumb fuck about Ohio State's bad actually, but like yeah. they couldn't even manage that. They they were they were just like yeah, Ohio State style by doing it exactly how he always does. Thanks, Cole. But in, but in Columbus. But in so. Columbus. Yeah, so Booker T hits the bookend, goes for the pin. Melina jumps up on the apron, jumps to distract. Charmel runs over to punch Melina in the nose. And then Booker T hits the axe kick for the win. Relatively Yeah, they, they make some comment on commentary this time about how, like, uh, Booker T has wised up since last time about uh, Eminem's fuckery and, like... I mean, did uh, he really wise up? He, he just... The, the two of them got thrown out for being stupid, and then his wife handled the third one. So yeah, I don't really like, think he smartened up to anything. I mean, he kicked out this time, I guess, but I don't know if that like comes down to cleverness. He just he just he's got a little lucky this time. Uh, but yeah, fuck it. Of course, the ref's still missing like Molina to kick out. Um, also, fucking. Um, a, we're definitely getting uh, at this point when when Charmel came around. I definitely, um, I, I immediately was like, okay, so we're getting like Charmel versus Molina at some point coming down the pike, right? And like, oh, we'll get there. Um, yes, also, basically, yeah. I have to. I I really have to shout out too. Just, just how deep down my fucking ice climber joke goes, because goddamn Cole is like, uh, he makes a comment about how. The fixer and Joey got sent back to the locker room. Even Cole just assumes that the that the not NPC was actually going to be the one in the ring tonight. Like Joey's yeah. just that forgettable. He's right there in front of Cole in the ring, and Cole's actively commentating on him, and he still gets it wrong. Who the fuck it is? Yep, and phenomenal. That was great. So tonight, well, we get the announcement that Randy Orton will be returning to action. In action, which I was like, oh, jobber squash. Again, we'll get Well, yeah. kind of was, wasn't it, in a way? Well, we'll, we'll um, get, well, we'll talk about it. I'm sure it'll be a will. standard match that Taker won't feel like showing up to at any point. Uh. So then we get the second ever edition of The Peep Show. The Peep the Show, only- which... The only Even show only- for the peeps, by the peeps. Yeah, okay, who the fuck exactly are the peeps, by the way? Chris- Christian's fans are his peeps. So, how is it by the peeps? Because it seems like it's just done by Christian. The- is Christian also a peep? 
are, are the crew members who have set it up like oh, don't oh. think too hard about this i just i want to because like i i feel like it's far from the only like talk show that's that's pandered to to like the the fans or whatever so like i just want to know i'm trying to get pinned down definitions here you know also, well, yeah, you know. the, the Peep Show, which has so far only had a single installment, is, according to Christian, apparently, somehow, already the biggest show in sports entertainment today. Ad- admittedly, in 2005, there were not very many wrestling talk shows. So. Well, but that, 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 that. he didn't say the biggest talk show in sports entertainment. He just said the biggest show in sports entertainment, <clears throat> which presumably includes, like, SmackDown and raw into its legions but somehow after only a single episode the peep show is already bigger than the fucking show that hosts it everyone well, you know what a ratings grab the peep show was actually everyone tuned in for that shit it was a new jerry springer was the peep show. <laughs> well all right so episode was yeah actually uh so christian brings out batista uh, I notice a sign that says "Unleash the Beasta Batista," and I want to call you out for your stupid, shitty sign that doesn't make any sense because "Beasta" is not a word. <laughs> uh, Austin's very offended by work, guys. I hope you know that. I Austin, am Austin watches the... Mary Poppins and skips over supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> Fuck that! It's not a real word. Stop it, Patrick! You're scaring him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, the inventor of fuckity do spot fest arena <laughs> does not appreciate oh, hey. fake words like beat stuff. As we all know, fuckity do and spot fest arena are two very extremely real words, but they are the 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 existence of words nonwithstanding. I also got to make a comment about uh, how Christian calls you know he calls out the animal um batista i gotta say it's gotta get a little confusing to have both the animal batista and road warrior animal on the same payroll like i wonder if like road warrior animal heard that shit and he's like wait fuck am i supposed to be on the peep show right now shit fuck and then he sees batista ah! he goes on he's like oh yeah, oh other animal yeah, other other animal. They gotta wear like shirts to Animal One, Animal Two. No yeah. other way to differentiate them. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, so uh, Christian is like, okay, hey, Big Dave. Yeah, I didn't I realize you're... like we were allowed to acknowledge like Dave Batista's real name in in this mm-hmm. when he was on TV. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they would talk. They would be like Dave. That's what, see, it's because the reason I thought that was because, like, they spell his name as a wrestler different than how his last name is actually Yeah, they, they get rid of the U. They get rid so of the Batista, U. Batista, not Batista. So I thought it was just supposed to be, like, ah, his name is Batista. So hearing them acknowledge that his first name is Dave is like, D- okay, guess you just change his name just because. Why not? Mm-hmm. Vince really and just hates so, the letter U, brother. So Christian is like, I bet you're wondering why I I asked you out here tonight, and it's because I don't have a match at SummerSlam. And some random fan pipes up and yells, "That's because you suck." <laughs> I missed that, but that's great, phenomenal. But 
Christian's like, but Batista, you have a match against JBL in a no holds barred match for the world heavyweight title. So what did you think I was going to do? Sit on the sidelines, twiddle my thumbs, play pocket pool. Yeah. Okay. So so, something I want to bring up about that comment. I, I can't tell if pocket pool in the, in the year of our Lord, 2005 is a euphemism or just one of those little handheld games you played back before we had smartphones. No, I'm pretty sure he's referring to like playing with his testicles and (laughs) not the test fans. (laughs) not those testicles yeah again those because those would be his testicles those would be test testicles uh whereas we're christian has his peeps and they're not test peeps because test has his testicles yeah that all made sense but yes that is wrestling dude (laughs) yeah it's worse isn't it but that is what he, he meant by pocket pool i see i got the feeling but again i could also see christian just like grumpily playing like one of those little like fucking like 8-bit black and white handheld games that was like a pool game or like one of those fucking like they, held, they, like somebody should have somebody should have made like a hand a cheap handheld game i promise game. you i promise you that exists i promise i'm not you. gonna google it so that will be your job if you want to know <laughs> uh 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 uh, there's a Game Boy Color game called 3D Pocket Pool. I'm going to choose to believe that's what Christian was referring to. Of course. Uh, so Christian has this challenges Batista to a match tonight to prove himself worthy of a match at SummerSlam. Yes, uh, that's how that that's how that works. Christian, this feel hey. this is a weird. This is kind of weird because it feels like I I like am sympathetic with Christian. Cause like he's, he's not even trying to make a case that, you know, he it's unfair that Batista has a match at SummerSlam or whatever. He's not being like, what about me? Why am I not in the world title match? He's just being like, I want a match at SummerSlam. Can I have a match at SummerSlam? I will do whatever it takes to prove I should have a match at SummerSlam. Yeah, even Christian's if it means really challenging here. the champ. I, and, and I will give him this too. Asking Batista for a match is a hell of a step up from him just like beating up his last guest that was on this show. He's he's really learning a lot about talk show etiquette. Rule number one in talk shows: you don't yeah. beat up your hosts or you don't beat up your guests. Yeah. Normally. And then Batista just be is a dick. Uh, first, he goes like, "Are you talking to me?" And I'm like, "Oh, so that he's got a this is a catchphrase." So yeah, so the, the fucking taxi driver thing is actually a catchphrase for him. What the fuck? Yeah, so Christian is like, yeah, I'm talking to you, you shaved ape. <laughs> it is it is time for me to take control of my career. And as he says this, Batista takes the mic away. Yeah, dude, dude, he, Batista's just such a dick about it. Like, yeah, goddamn. Then he's really weird, and he's like, you, you, you need an attitude adjustment. With the, like, Batista, with the, Batista with the U's, uh, clearly satisfied with how his De Niro impression has come along, has decided to start work on a Hogan impression. Yeah, and then he says, do you honestly think these people want to see me kick your ass again? And then they cheer. And of course the people and go, then, yeah! And then, and then he, he goes, repeats himself. Day. 
So then he repeats himself and gets cheered. And then he goes, okay, I guess, well, tonight I'll kick your ass again. And Yay. honestly, I, I, I have talked about before about the John Cena Star Wars promo. And I thought that before that, that when I, that was the worst top baby face promo I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I heard Batista tonight. Really? He said, are you going to, are, are you talking to me? That stupid, you need an attitude adjustment thing. And then he just said, do these, do you really think these people want me to kick your ass again? Three times. It was awkward and cringe the entire time. I'll be honest, I wasn't terribly faced by it because I was just like, yeah, this reads like just because Batista to me is just wrestler the wrestler. But so... it, it felt like I was supposed to think he's cool. Yeah. Watching this. At least John Cena is kind of corny intentionally. Yeah, at least he and... kind of leads into it. This like I'm supposed to think Batista is the coolest badass ever, and this is the promos he's cutting. Jesus Christ! Yeah, see, I'm just I I don't know I don't know I I'm just kind of like yeah this feels standard of like uh, of of Batista just kind of says shit and it's all kind of just generic. I am a big wrestler boy, like this man got propelled to the top of the company purely on the fact that he's like a mountain with somewhat decent charisma and that that's it like my man's got no personality outside of i am a wrestler i am a big boy (laughs) rawr so so to me i was like yeah this feels like standard uh to me like the scene of star wars thing just reaches a whole other level of cringe but I, i i can see i can see where you're coming from i don't know i just kind of feels like yeah, this feels about on par with what I would expect from a Batista. That's fair. Uh, we get this next after this, the second match of the show. Uh, I wrote LOD versus some jobbers, I'm sure, because I wrote that before they even announced who they were wrestling. Yeah, LOD in action. Sure, a whole lot of action tonight. And I made a note, no Heidenreich arm thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's not he is, doing He uh, is assimilating into the Road Warrior crap so true. much. He didn't do the ridiculous arm uh, high-hoing. The, the, the ridiculous. We, we, we can't have him hiling, but we still want him doing something with his arms. So this is what you get. I uh, was like, oh, this is disappointing. And I will say, conspicuous in his absence for me, though, speaking of, of, of Heidenreich's assimilation is he still don't got the uh uh fucking spiky football gear that the oh Road that's Warriors the that's on. the last step that's the last yeah gonna get, he's gonna get the shoulder pads he's still gotta go through final initiation the very cartoonishly spiky football shoulder pads mm-hmm. uh they cut to Eminem watching this match and on Oval TV in the wall of the interview area that yeah, I didn't even what, know existed. What the, what the fuck is this Disney World ride Q-line ass TV? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I was trying to think of a funny way to, to describe it, and you I knocked it out of the park. Immediately, where my yes. mind went to because it's like on this weird, like fake pseudo cement wall with just like this random fucking like oval cut into it, like with a with a TV behind it that clearly has like it's not an actually oval shaped TV. There's just like a fucking oval cut out in front of it, and like there's thematic lighting in like the background like the hallway leading up to it it just looks like they're fucking in line for test track or some shit okay if if that video played long enough we would start to hear the history of smackdown absolutely and they and they'd be like now you need to get in the ring yourself and and uh help batista win against they the- would they they would have some corny skit of like of like Batista and JBL or the uh, or Randy Orton or somebody to set up the event. Oh yeah, and then you go hop in your in your ride vehicle, which is shaped like a fucking ring, like it's or it's or it's shaped like the fist that is it's on the sh- stage. Oh uh, my god, please, the fucking. That that stupid ass eyesore giant smackdown fist statue that punches through the wall above the entrance ramp. What is that? That's the dumbest, corniest bullshit. Looks like you're going to a fucking Disney on ice show with that shit. What is that? Well, you see, SmackDown loves fisting. I think that needs to be. <laughs> yeah, that's my thought too. Clear. I'm like, man, that is a fist going through a hole. A. a. Uh, so back to our match, I guess. Uh, it's it's a squashy squash, but they do talk really? about like uh, they David bringing up the continuity problem here of like they're talking about animal being like he don't want he and he's not here to make friends except with Heidenreich and Heidenreich just really needed a friend. And uh, it's, it's like, like what about Michelle McCool? Michelle McCool. Yeah, it's actually amazing how much she has completely dropped off the face of the earth <laughs> after the for this. Like she was there that first week we watched SmackDown, yeah. and then we transitioned to this story arc of he's joining the LOD now, and she is just gone. She just uh, was like, fuck, that could have been so interesting to throw Michelle McCool into the mix. Again, if they thought about any of their concepts for more than two seconds, you could actually get kind of compelling TV out of it. What is happening? Now nah, we're just going to be chaotic random. This is I, I, I think so I remember late. saying shit like this, this too about like attitude era or about fucking like 2001 ruthless aggression era like 2005 smackdown is also where good ideas go to just fucking die this is this is like lol so random before that was a thing yeah pretty much uh but yeah lod absolutely picks the jobbers apart because of course they do and somehow taz and booker are both very amazed by this yeah, they are so impressed that the Legion of Doom keep beating up jobbers in like two minutes. I gotta say, like, I admittedly, that was also how that worked with the OG Road Warriors in the eighties. <laughs> kind of went the same way for the most part. It's it it's 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 like it's 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 like poetry. It rhymes. Fucking oh I, no! I, I do have to say, in terms of jobber squashes, I feel like the LOD 
thing, the LOD 2.0 job we're squashing here was actually, like, it wasn't egregious. Like, I feel like I can track a solid progression of in-ring chemistry between when Heidenreich and Animal first kind of, like, met up to now. So, I will say, like, using the jobber squashes to kind of show a progression in their in their teamwork synchronicity, that's actually not the worst use of your jobber squash. It's actually one of the better ones, I have to say. So, mm-hmm. I'll meme on, I'll always meme on jobber squashes and teams or wrestlers being in action, but... Uh, you know what? Not the worst use of it. Carry on. Sure. Uh, we get a ad. We get the 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 ad. You know, this episode has been brought to you by it, it, the, the biggest fucking the SmackDown. I only this week by by only the finest of their industries, such which as which I only I, bring up to make fun of because I'm like, who? What the fuck are these? Uh, and, uh, no, no, no. Excuse you, leaders of their industries, Nike, DreamWorks. This is a red eye movie rated PG thirteen, and what the fuck is that? And 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 tag body spray, body spray for men. What for the men. fuck is tag? For men specifically formulated to drive women wild. I wonder how tag the fuck you're that. it, but as a spray, I don't know. Uh, it's stupid. Okay, so earlier we get a video from earlier tonight where the Mysterios are arriving and they are really sad. I wrote Rey Mysterio in a black funeral mask. Uh, oh my god. Oh, it's really funny. He's wearing like normal ass clothes. Like, he's got kind of like a normal non-wrestle drip going. Like he's got the button-up mm-hmm. shirt and nice pants and everything. But his mask is just fucking raven black. I didn't realize that was like the proper morning dress code for clearly for luchador, obvi- obviously. But yeah, all right. And then they they get the they do the video package exp- doing the hot recap of the feud, which I noted. Damn, they're going hard on the voice distortion effects. I gotta say, like the 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 video package is over long, and dear God, they're going hard on like the mu- the the heavy handed mood music like it shows like ray's plea to eddie last week and it's all like sympathetic and moving and then it switches to eddie and the music goes and and eddie's like oh man you had me go there and then they just play out pretty much the rest of eddie's monologue from the previous week and as as they do so a, a pitch shift effect just gets applied to his voice with the rate of molasses it just slowly pitch shifts down as he keeps talking for the entire for another like two minutes and and like a fucking like heavier and heavier video filter comes over it to be like oh it's all spooky or whatever and i i gotta say it's it's over long it's goofy it's heavy-handed but it at least to my estimation it also kind of worked because the how unhinged this video package was does do a great job of reflecting just how deeply fucking unhinged Eddie has become over this entire thing. So for, for, for once the, whatever kid they had fucking in the editing room playing around with windows movie maker for these video packages, he, he, he broke and clock posted on this one. The, the, the over edited bullshit actually kind of worked this time. God damn, that is that is too kind of like d- d- reluctant 
golf claps I've given SmackDown for their like dumb bullshit actually kind of working out. I I hate this. This feels icky. Help. Yeah. So we cut straight away to Teddy Long being on the phone with somebody. I admit I didn't really catch the name. I don't know who they're talking. He's talking to. But here comes Randy Orton to bitch as Randy Orton is mad because he doesn't know who his opponent is for tonight. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "This, I'm the future. It's all about me. Why, why do I not know who I'm going to face? And Teddy is like, well, Randy, since you like surprise appearances so much, I got a surprise for you. And you and Teddy is like, you're not going to know who you're facing tonight. But I'll go out and tell you is that your opponent is a legend and a legendary opponent of The Undertaker. Which, uh, based on who we get for this, I that's a piece of history I didn't know. I'll, we'll, I'll have to ask I, you about Well, he did fight The Undertaker. I don't know if I'd say it was legendary. Did they have a series of matches at all? Probably. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not... He he isn't in the in the Undertaker, you know, lore. Rogues gallery. That, the Rogues gallery. That's the right word for it. He's not really in the Undertaker Rogues gallery that people remember. Hmm. Um, but Randy Orton comes out, and his opponent is Kamala, the Ugandan giant. It's like what the fuck? Except and he's even being fucking escorted by, by Kimchi because. Because Lord knows we don't have the goddamn Brooklyn brawler doing anything else around here right now. We are doing this gimmick unironically, completely in straight in 2005. And of course, no except, one bats at it. Except by now, he is no longer the big, scary African man that he was in the 80s. Now, he is comedically stupid African man. <laughs> Where the oh, gimmick yeah. is that he's he's a dumb guy from the jungle, so he doesn't know things. He they likes didn't to play into it. Belly. They didn't play into it, but like in the '90s when they played up this character as a lovable ba- idiot baby face, he would literally pin people wrong. He would try to pin people while they were laid on their stomach, and Kimchi would have to be like, "No." Flip him over. <laughs> did they did they ever do anything to, to explain this magnificent drop off in his intelligence between his heel days and his face days? No. Of course they didn't. Why would they give a shit about continuity? He's just a funny, funny ha ha tribal man now. Oh yes. Don't don't think too hard about the racial implications. Just just laugh. Just point and laugh. It's fine. Just laugh at the man with the big belly slapping his belly. <laughs> yeah, he likes to drum on his belly a lot. I, I admit, I haven't seen a whole lot of Kamala in he ring. He doesn't didn't, drum that hard. I this didn't is, remember this, this was new. Aggressive belly drum. Okay, but here's the thing, Austin. I have questions about this whole setup. Because, so... Orton goes up to Teddy Long backstage, and Orton's like, hey, Teddy, I'm annoyed that I don't know who my opponent is yet. What the fuck? And Teddy Long then basically whips around and bitches at Orton for, like, his 
Orton's supposed surprise appearance tonight. Except, here's the thing. Orton was announced earlier in the show as being in action. Oh no, that was, oh no, that was a, that was a, that was a, that was a, uh, the snark at how he came back and interfered with the undertaker. A couple oh, okay. I was, I was going to okay. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Cause it made it sound like they didn't know that he, like mm-hmm. Teddy didn't know that Orton was going to be here tonight. And I was like, I have several questions about this, which was only compounded when fucking Kamala showed up. I'm like, how the hell do you get Kamala last minute? Okay. That, that's a little bit that that's that makes a little more sense. All right, fine, fine. I I, I rescind my my cinema sinsing. Good. Anyway, uh, uh, see, I will say when Teddy Long said that he he had a legendary opponent of the Undertaker's for Orton to face down, I was really hoping it would be the Undertaker. I was really hoping. I knew that it would be, be that would have been hilarious. Deeply funny if just like fake Undertaker showed up to fight Orton as a fuck you. <laughs> I wish it had been fake Undertaker instead. That would have been so fucking fun. Yeah, but anyway, watching Kamala versus Randy Orton in the ring is like a particularly unhinged match from the WWE video game. Like, the, these two things look do not look like they fit together. Would have done would have would have done this match in Legends of WrestleMania after I imported the SVR09 roster into it. Absolutely. Get, get, you know, you, you, you throw back a few drinks and you're like, hey, you know, it'd be a funny match to see Kamala versus Randy Orton. You know, WWE, um, Uni- WWE Universe mode has gone insane again. <laughs> it's on the fritz. What is this AI matchmaking? Yeah, you can tell Randy Kamala is a wrestler from the 80s because yeah. he has like three moves. Yeah, and, and also like like the face paint, like I, I remember not the face paint, but like the, the face paint and the body paint because Kamala's got like fucking white, you know, fake tribal paint all over his face. And then like yeah. he's got like these kind of like white starbursts on his chest, like a yellow like crescent moon on his belly. And like... Fucking when you see that shit on the on the television screen in the eighties with like the eighties video quality, that shit that shit kinda like pops a little bit with the color and it's got like this weird kind of like oversaturated technicolor effect. Uh that's still there on the TV cameras in two thousand five. Like literally, it just looks like you like did a weirdly good job at importing like a fucking like video file of Kamala into a wrestling ring in 2005 it's so bizarre randy orton fucking performs an rko on kamala and i feel like i've i've just traveled through time in the span of like two seconds i've like traveled three decades it's yeah fucking it's... weird mm-hmm. it's two decades whatever uh, yeah so uh kamala does big chop to head chop to chest headbutt that mm-hmm. is what he's doing. He That's is, it. That's like, all we got. Uh, but Orton uh, takes back control eventually, obviously. And uh, at one point, Kimchi ju- Kimchi spends most of the match on the apron. And Randy Orton walks over, knocks his hat off, throws him into the ring, and then RKO's him. Yeah, and 
I don't know if Brooklyn Brawlers ever faced off with Randy Orton, but like honestly, in my book, that's another that's another legend slain right there. Whether he be Kimchi or Brooklyn Brawler, Randy Orton mm-hmm. just got a fucking twofer right there with that one. God yeah, damn. so Randy takes the time to pose like a jackass, mm-hmm. and Kamala gets takes advantage and hits him with some moves, and then Kamala hits the splash. Uh, oh yeah this is the big move the one two three and that doesn't work and kamala then runs over to kimchi to like yell at him to get up because i need help (laughs) and orton goes in the corner kamala runs at orton in the corner and then like hits his head on the ring post rko and then gong the undertaker's music hits lights go out Smoke fills the ring. Kamala and Kimchi just leave. Yeah, so like, the map ends but, in like a no contest. Yeah, may I just Randy say, Orton, Orton does Randy not Orton can't pin. even pin fucking Kamala. Doesn't even pin Kamala. This this feels like some bullshit, some backstage politicking bullshit from back in the day. <laughs> be like, brother, Kamala's I like, brother, yeah, I, Kamala's like, yeah. Bro. Kamala's like, yeah, brother, I'm not putting you over, dude. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do an interference spot, and Matt's gonna go to a no contest. I you know, you, over, you know, kid. Terry and I have been talking a lot about my legacy, and I feel like it's important to preserve the mystique of Kamala. I mean, I would like to point out that Kamala in WCW refused to job to Macho Man. So, are you quite me? frankly? So, quite frankly. He could have been like, that don't work for me, brother. I'm not jobbing to Randy Orton. <laughs> he's like, he's fighting for the fucking dignity of his legacy. And then he goes out there and drums on his belly while, while Brooklyn Brawler sits there in a fucking safari hat and Rorschach mask. Okay, dude absolutely incredible <laughs> what the fuck but oh. we get the spooky spooky r.i.p rko video except yeah. now the r.i.p turned red and randy orton is absolutely horrified he's horrified i gotta say in another another thing in my list of like oh this is actually kind of cool is like when the undertaker lighting hits here it does this, it has this kind of cool effect of like everything in ring kind of creates, kind of gets this like really stark white outline around it, just with kind of how the lighting hits. And it's a really cool thing seeing like Randy Orton outlined in white, kneeling down in the middle of the ring, petrified in fear as like smoke rises up around him. Mm-hmm. And then we just cut to Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. What an, an incredibly quick like cut. That. Just to, and then we're backstage. No, no closure. No nothing. We're just that's done. I wonder how the fuck they ended that in ring. Did 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 like did everything cut out and then Orton just kind of like yeah the, yeah when the, when the video what would have happened is when the video of Eddie hits they would have turned the house lights down and Randy Orton would have just left the ring. Well yeah, but area. it's still fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Be like he's uh, sitting there and it's all this dramatic and then it all just it just fucking smashed to Eddie. Yep. So Eddie is in the locker room and in comes a woman from child and family services who is here to observe tonight. 
the to see who Dom should go home with. And I lost my mind at this plot point a little bit. <laughs> they are at work on SmackDown. They're why, ultra violent place of work. This is the perfect why, place to Why would a person from a, a social worker observe their home life on SmackDown? Vince Vince pulled a few strings with with the social work agency and was like, "No, no, you gotta understand. We we gotta do this all for the ratings, okay? Like this you is gotta... not. This isn't a good representation of what Dom's home life would is like, or what his home life would look like with Eddie, because yeah. they're on the road at SmackDown. Yeah, but Austin, we gotta we gotta get those ratings though." This is is broke my brain. I couldn't. Yeah, I, I I feel I, I should I should add in that I I mentioned this to Amber and her exact response was. <laughs> uh, I just got sent ellipses. She 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 had nothing she had nothing to say about this. I oh, just got she ellipses. Can, she can she can know that this is. I have she has lost the plot with me. She can know that this is where I lost it. <laughs> I will. I, I I'm sure she'll be deeply relieved to hear that. Okay. So, Eddie is un is I, I wrote distraught in quotes uh, about the about all this because he deeply because he, he he because he assumed that she was here to just like make sure that Eddie Ray gave over the kid. And that there was no, like, the idea that she could be like, no, Ray keeps Dom, did not cross his mind at all. And he just is so, his son is having to live a lie. And she needs to see what Dude, kind of Eddie's life like, he's living. Eddie's so on edge right now. And it's, 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 God, fuck, he was so good on Mike, Dude. Oh my God, he's so good at playing this whole situation and this whole character. God damn. Like, this is, this is fucking goofy. This is dumb, goofy bullshit. But like, as the last huge thing for his career to go out on, God damn, what a showcase. At the very least of his, like, mic abilities. Yep, so we cut at back from commercial. Eddie is bringing the social worker out to the ring with him um and this is when the sign save it for save it for springer eddie pot is shown on camera good shit and the social worker has this clipboard that she just occasionally apparently writes stuff on yep and i would love to know what she was writing what notes she was taking for this promo bit I don't, I can't even, I had that thought too. I can't even fucking fathom what the fuck she had to like say as she was in the middle of a wrestling ring while people were just incessantly chanting, you suck Eddie uh, uh, toward all of them. I can only I mean, imagine think... her nose just looked like, what the fuck, what the fuck, this is insane. Get me out of here. Please help me. What have I walked myself into? What, what have I, what have I, do, what have I done to deserve this assignment? <laughs> what, 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 
how did how did my life lead to this point what what did i have to do to deserve this awful karma please help please help please help please help i'm sorry whatever for for whatever i did that led to me being here tonight the existential Um, pleading uh i big eddie sucks chance as i as i joked to you i was like write that down write that down she needs to write that that down down. make sure she needs to make sure she knows this is very important information gotta get Um, everything included but eddie explains to the crowd that miss crabtree here which is apparently not her actual name i didn't catch what her name was supposed to be dude i missed i missed her name but and I just unironically called her Miss Crabtree in, that, in my all my notes. But then well. during in the middle of the speech of this promo bit, Michael Cole scoffs at the idea that Eddie gives a shit about any of this because he mentions that he doesn't even remember her name right. And I'm like, oh, so is that not her name? He okay. did say it like he was getting it wrong, but also I couldn't remember for the life of me what the fuck it was supposed to be. So I'm just like, yeah, maybe. I just called her Miss Crabtree as well, just like Eddie. And her name was still worker who doesn't deserve to be here. No, but Eddie explains that she is here to ensure everything is going to happen just the way it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. For Dominic's best interest, of course. <laughs> Again, oh my god, the way he plays, like, my man spends this whole time waffling between, like, the insane, vengeful Machiavelli and, like, concerned Poppy, and god, at this point, he's even got- He plays it so well. I don't even know, like, at this point, I can't entirely tell whether or not he actually gives a shit about Dominic, because, like, he plays, like, his- concern over dominic so intensely that i can't tell if it's like eddie doing a bit for the social worker or if like there is a part of eddie that has just come to legitimately care about dominic like that like if uncle eddie i'd like i'd like i'd like to think that some part of him cares for real yeah but obviously most of this is just show and that I and that as the promo goes on and he keeps not getting his way that the this the the mask drops oh yeah this was a great and we'll 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 cover it more and more as we go on but just just off the bat this is such a great promo for seeing like the cracks in eddie's foundation start to really pop up Mm -hmm. uh and so eddie wants ray mysterio and angie ray's wife to bring out my son dominic and so they come out and Eddie Ray, Dominic is like hanging on to Angie. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Ray gets down on his knees to talk to Dominic and he's like, don't listen to these people and come to daddy. And Dom instead turns around and backs into Angie. Yeah. He just turns and- it immediately. Uh, Hugs Angie, and this gets Eddie to scream. This is when the fir- this is the where the first crack comes because he just turns to the social worker, is like, "You see what they're doing?" Yeah, and they're Dominic goes to hug his mom, and he's like, "He's like, this is the problem. They are corrupting his mind, filling it with lies." Yeah. Also, uh, he made some comment earlier about something something 
honesty and truth or how yeah, he he yeah, he, he tackles everything with like honesty and truth and like man if anyone if only anyone ever watched smackdown to see whether or not eddie has any problems with honesty and truth i feel like this social worker could have tr- saved herself a fucking trip yeah she gets a lot tonight uh so eddie so ray so eddie then uh talks to ray who is standing there glaring at him he's like you i told you at the very beginning of this i never lose Nobody beats Eddie Guerrero. And Mrs. Crabtree is just here to assure that. And Eddie asks her to do her job and bring him his son. Yeah. And, and that's Ms. kind of the running Mrs. refrain he's got going throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Crabtree just stands there and does not say anything as he just kind of gets more mad and more demanding to bring him his son. Yeah. And basically, Ray at this point steps up and just kind of starts to berate Eddie about like, man, what the fuck are you doing? We we we've like we've been doing this whole thing, and and you're just kind of in it to be a spiteful asshole because you're mad about losing, and mm-hmm. you know, like you're you're not. No one's a winner here. We're all losers here, dude. Like like we're you and I are both suffering. Poor Dominic is fucking suffering. Andy's over here suffering like like nobody nobody wins in this scenario bro like now that was a great this is a great promo from ray maybe the best oh, i've ever seen from him this this shit was oscar worthy on both of their ends like fucking hell ray and eddie were crushing it on the mic tonight they're kind of like you can tell these are two dudes who are just so familiar with each other and are so good at having chemistry together because just the way they play off each other is deeply exhilarating and affecting and they just they just boom 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 not a hesitation between the two of them they can just bounce off each other's ideas on mic Mm -hmm. with 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 ease um but yeah so 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 a's ray's over here making all these objectively correct points about like you know you you we've been raising dominic you just kind of like swoop in out of spite and want to pull him back this whole thing's kind of fucked everyone's suffering here and at this point i'm kind of starting to wonder like so how the fuck do we get to the ladder match from from this point because Ray's just right. I'm starting to wonder really how the hell well, we get there. Yeah, okay. We I I have so many parts to get to before we get to you know that part. Uh, how we get to the answer to that question, but um, Ray says because of what you said, uh, Dom hasn't said one word. He hasn't spoken to me. And Eddie says that maybe you should let follow Dom's example and shut up. Yeah, and he says, give me my son. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie, uh, known, 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 fucking stoic. Uh, always hesitant to say too much. Is trying to yeah, set a good example. Ray responds with Eddie. You've beaten addiction. I missed the second thing he said here. Uh, you, uh, you fucking, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, you've you've beaten, beaten all the, streets. I think it was like, you've beaten all the odds. You've beaten you've all beat, the odds. You've beat the streets. You've beat your past and became yeah. WWE champion. 
I'm yeah, proud of that. Ultimate, ultimate good guy Ray, still in the middle of all this bullshit, manages to like find virtues of Eddie to extol. God damn it. Then he says that Eddie has beaten every obstacle in his path, but he hasn't beaten Ray Mysterio. Ah, uh, yes, rubbing it in. That's sure to help the situation. Thank you, Ray. Well, yeah, Ray. Honest, you could argue that this was the moment, this promo and this moment was when Ray, when Eddie finally dragged Ray down to his level. Oh, easy. And Ray says that, you know, Ray, I wrote Ray says to for Eddie shouldn't lie to himself, but Eddie goes Uno reverse card and says, don't, you don't lie to yourself. Eddie explains that he wins tonight. He wins. Because he, by getting a precious boy like Dominic. And then I Eddie, don't like how he said that. Ray, with like honestly the best line of the night, I think, is Ray talks about how you might win. To, you might win tonight, Eddie. You might beat me in a win in a court of law. You might take my son away from me. But victory? You call splitting my family apart a victory? Yeah. Yeah. That, that line where I was like, okay, this is Oscar-worthy shit from Ray, too. And Ray explains to Eddie that there are there's two things you can't lie about. There's two things you can't cheat. And there's two things you can't steal. And Ray explains that those two things are the love of from my son and a victory from Ray Mysterio. Uh, and yeah, Eddie Eddie in. tells Eddie tells Ray he, it's over you should just give it up give him up and Ray goes why don't you give up Eddie because you'll never beat Ray Mysterio and Ray explains says if he takes Dom away from him tonight Eddie will never get the chance to beat Ray Mysterio and this is when Eddie goes, uh, excuse you? What yeah. are you talking about? Fucking Ray hitting Eddie where it hurts by saying, yeah, if you fucking take my son away from me, I will never fight you in the wrestling ring again. And Eddie just Eddie's like, like, now hold on a minute. The, the, the look in Eddie's eyes as Ray said that, the again, the this is, it's so wild. It's so cool in this arc. To see Eddie, who, despite being deeply unwell, like always was one step ahead, has always been one step ahead so far in this arc and always mm. in control and kind of always. Ray finally, like, getting his moment to get one over on Eddie and be like, yeah, okay, fine. You want to prove this so bad? If you, if you fuck me over like this, I will fuck over your legacy and never give you a chance to beat me again. No, he. Ray is like, you will go in the W, it will say on your WWE Hall of Fame plaque, you, this Eddie Guerrero never beat Ray Mysterio. And he, oh. and Eddie goes, no, 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 no. I beat you tonight because give me my son. And he's like, I'm always, yeah. Eddie, again, so convinced that he has this in the bag while Dominic is still clutching on to his mother for dear life. Mm-hmm. And Ray says that Dom will always know his biological father was never the man that Ray Mysterio was, was never the father, the wrestler that Ray Mysterio is. 
The only thing Dom will know about Eddie Guerrero is that he's a chicken shit. Oh, God, he swore in front of his kid. Write that down. Write that down. And Eddie, Eddie takes off his jacket. He's fuming. And Eddie t- and Ray tells him to prove it, to prove that he can beat Ray once and for all. One last time, time for all the marbles. One last time face Summer to face. Which, which, oh man, that that line aged like like a fine milk. Mm-hmm. Mm. One last time for all the marbles at SummerSlam. Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero for the custody of Dominic. And it was at this we- point that I lost because are you motherfucking ding dang diddly kidding me here after all this shit it was ray's idea you fucking idiot you had this in the bag and he was so clearly deeply fucking himself over in front of this referee like or not referee the social worker like just getting uh, just saying all of the wrong answers you and angie had this in the motherfucking bag even amber fucking confirmed that from a legal standpoint like again not entirely because there's a lot of variables we didn't know but more than likely from a legal standpoint they had this in the bag too so why the fuck you cocky dumbass are you putting custody of your son on the line in a wrestling match it I couldn't really, but we've obviously we we started this arc knowing where it no is, way. and we have we haven't even tried to like protect the spoiler of that. But everybody I gotta say, it. right, everybody knows that Eddie fought Ray for the fucking son custody of his son. I could not believe my eyes or my ears that Ray Mysterio is was the one who suggested. That it's a custody match. We still, goddamn, we still managed to get a twist out of this. We went in knowing what the fucking punchline was, and we still got swerved by it. Because I thought for sure, right? Like I'm sure a lot of people who aren't familiar with this this arc are, you know, would would, would think that. Oh yeah, they did this in kayfabe because like it was the only alternative. Like they were at an impasse; they couldn't reach a. That final either, game. yeah, either they that or like Eddie, Eddie out. had, or like Eddie had something over Ray that Ray that like it, even if Ray was the one who set who like offered it up, it was because Ray was just that desperate to yeah figure, to exactly it. right. I would never Ed, think Ray that- Ray did this out of cockiness. Ray did this to get Eddie to have a reaction and agree to the match. He sweetened the fucking pot. You dumbass. He had it in the bag and he fucking, he put it up to a ladder match. Holy shit. So fucking stupid. Yeah. And obviously Eddie agrees. Of course and Eddie agrees. And Eddie says he's already won, that Dom is coming home with him tonight. And after SummerSlam, says it who? will be forever. Says who? And then Miss Crabtree finally interjects herself here. And she is honestly like, this is, you are both are all crazy. And she 
just lays it out that this fight is obviously between the two of you and has nothing to do with this child. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, she's right. Fucking Ed, Ray was sticking up his, his son for a hot minute, and then he started making about how Eddie never wins to him, and I'm like, oh, yep. no. Oh, dear. And so her solution is, no, Eddie, Dom is not going home with you. However, uh, An Angie and, and Mr. Mysterio, uh, I'm sorry, but until you resolve this between yourselves, Dominic is going into foster care. Fucking, yeah, and and Ray just gets this look on his face of, oh, I may have just fucked up. What have I done? Angie's over here, I think, like, legitimately crying. Like, I think Angie was just able to, like, actually work up some fucking tears. Because I saw, like, water, like, dripping from her chin. And I'm like, that she she's fucking, so Ray is definitely sleeping on the couch tonight. He's sleeping on the couch for a few weeks at a minimum. A few weeks. Even even after Dom's home, it's gonna be a hot minute till he's allowed back in bed. Right, and I thought this was an a. I thought this moment was a really good parallel of the differences between Ray and Eddie, as this story as Ray goes to like give Dom over to the social worker. He tearfully is like telling Dom it'll be okay. I'll bring you home soon. And then Eddie, when Dom is with now Miss Crabtree, Eddie tells Dom to look over and say goodbye to Uncle Ray and Aunt, Aunt Angie, Angie. Because after SummerSlam, this nightmare will be over and he'll see what being a Guerrero is all about. Yeah, Eddie's over here like, God, I'm a bastard. Like, it's Ray, like, knowing, now seeing the like how this end like this moment ends ray is like tear is like sad and crying over losing his son and eddie is still a cocky shithead about it all yeah like ray fucked up here but at least he can own up to it and eddie's just like eddie's just like winning 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 i'm winning like he uh like he, charlie she was actually was actually watching this and taking notes now the obvious subtext here that eddie doesn't care about dom like ray does pretty much yeah i mean wow this is all shock. this as as has been obvious this whole time this is all a fucking game to eddie to but win damn, uh, like eddie as the deeply disturbed psychotic and dangerous petulant child here is such a good act fuck he plays it so well mm -hmm. and then uh Dom, and then we get a cute moment as they walk away, and Dom turns back around and waves goodbye to his parents. Oh, like, yeah, they made the smart decision of not letting him say anything this time. Just, just yeah. hug your mom and then wave. And wave. And then now here's the Mexicals. Yeah. Meanwhile, back on SmackDown, the Mexicals. Like, like, like fantastic promo. We talked. We mentioned it. Oh, uh, insane! Some of the best work of both of these men's careers. Easy. And. Now we suddenly just like have to tonal shift to the fucking Juan Deere riding jackasses. Yeah, fucking Michael Cole and Taz have put on their serious voices again to be like, this is just so, so awful, so disturbing. I can't even. And then, oh, hey, the Mexicans are here riding their Juan Deers. Look at that, Taz. Woo! -hoo! 
Yeah. Uh, it is psychosis and super crazy are wrestling this match against Scotty Too Hotty and William Regal. Yeah, I guess they really uh, won revenge after last time when the Mexicans yeah. clowned on them for some reason. They have they show a, a clip from earlier backstage in the locker room, and they're and and Regal's like, "You you're gonna hold you you ready?" And Scotty's like, "Yeah, I'm ready. They only worry about me." But he, but Scotty Too Hotty asks William Regal if he knows how to do the worm, and that, and you know, this was a tell. If this was a telltale game, uh, I would be clear that William Regal will remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they he, he walks away, and they just get this great shot of William Regal going, the worm. He's William absolutely Regal, disgusted at the idea of of the worm. Of him William Regal the continues world. to be like the greatest treasure in all of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, they, they just kind of wrestle around for a bit. Um, yeah, they say uh, on commentary that the veterans in SmackDown and the SmackDown locker room haven't taken too kindly to the arrival of the Mexicals, obviously because they're taking her gerbs. They're taking her gerbs. Uh, at one point Taz suggests that the Mexicals should hook him up with a good landscaping company. He's got some work he needs done. Oh, I missed that. Taz. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He also said, I like juice things about Hooventude, which uh, name something that Taz uh, can say about Hooventude, but not Orange Cassidy. Hey, he likes the juice. He likes the juice. Then Orange Cassidy shows up. He's like, hey, I'm me too. And Taz like, I fucking hate that Orange Cassidy. I now hate juice. I know. I know. Juice. <laughs> All right. Uh, the funny moment in this match, though, is super crazy. Goes for a splash in the corner and he yells, Mexicals! And then Scotty moves out of the way and, and uh, super crazy <laughs> hits his head on the turnbuckle. <laughs> God, we love a good comedy but match. Scotty to ha- Scotty too hot. He goes for the hot tag to Regal and Regal just steps off the apron and leaves the match. God damn. Because uh, he, how dare he ask him to do the worm? Fucking goddamn. Regal's always been a snake, but he ain't no goddamn worm. Nope. So, uh, Jehuvi interferes with Scotty, and then Psychosis hits the top rope leg drop for the win. And Regal just kind of smirking up on the ramp. Watching. Grin. What yeah. a king. How dare he, he, fuck you, Scotty Too Hotty. That's all. That's all Regal has to say about that. Pretty much, yeah. And then we cut to a quick scene backstage of Angie and Ray crying, and Ray just like tells her that he reassures his wife that he's get, he'll get Dom back. Pretty much, and Angie for some reason is like not slapping the shit out of his stupid face right Angie now. Angie is too sad right now. I think to like really grab, really, really like grapple. Grasp how Ray fucked her over. Yeah, like she's sad and crying now. Like tomorrow morning, she's gonna be like, "Okay, I've calmed down enough to like slap the shit out of you for this." I hope. I love Rey Mysterio. Tied for my favorite wrestler of all time. I hope he got the shit smacked out of him for this one. Yep, agreed. All right, so then we get Jillian Hall interview with. Oh God! Uh, ow, oh my neck! Right? Oh the fucking total whiplash! Oh God! Total whiplash continues again. Uh, whoever neck. this God guy damn. is, yeah, I don't. I'm fucking I don't watching know. SmackDown 2005 during this era should come with a goddamn disclaimer. Jesus Christ! Absolutely. Uh, For anyone so I don't who know has been has been injured by the total whiplash on SmackDown. Call now. 
you may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> the real yes. legal shenanigans. Yeah, so Jillian is being interviewed by some dude. I don't know who this fucking guy oh, is. Fuck no. uh, she she gets asked about like, hey, so you're the fixer, and then you immediately got thrown out of the match tonight. How how, how do you feel about that? <laughs> and she starts to answer, but then she like thinks this dude is looking at her mole. Mm-hmm. And she's like, come on, get a look at it. Come on. What, what do you Fuck look at? It? The mole just gets worse. I swear to God, this prosthetic just gets worse every fucking time. And I feel stuff. like somehow it is the same one every time, but oh, it's, it's the exact same one. getting worse. It just, they, it just like, it has this effect on your eyes. Like the more you, the, the, the more times you look at it, the more your whole brain starts to just melt and can't comprehend what it's even supposed to uh. yeah it's terrible um, Horrible. so she tells him to get lost because yeah she she's like she's like you were looking at it weren't you and he's like yeah it looks even fucking worse than last time and she's like get I out was, of here I was, I was looking at it because you told me to look at it yeah. uh, but she says she can fix this interview on her own yeah, she's a fixer. She's here to fix matches. She's here to fix yeah, this. Yeah, and she, walkity walkity she's a walk. Charmel, you want to put your hands on Melina? I can fix that. Uh, uh, and she, she proposes for next week on SmackDown, Joey Mercury and Melina versus Booker T and Charmel, and they immediately, uh, anna- they immediately agree that match has been made. Yeah, okay, first of all, goddamn called it, kind of. We are getting Melina versus Charmel in a mixed tag match ah, close enough and also like wait holy shit a match for smackdown actually being announced a week ahead of time what fucking sorcery is this crazy all right so then we get a re they talk about raw and we are talking oh, about john oh, cena they, again they, they don't talk about raw they fucking rap about raw let me tell so, you we get on raw apparently John Cena debuted his second music video from his album, You Can't See Me, which mm-hmm. is his rap album. Mm-hmm. And it is for the song Right Now, which is some sentimental bullshit about family and friends and yada yada, loving yada yada yadas. Um, Folks, and- believe me when I tell you, this is the most home movie ass music video you will see in they your literally life. they literally cut in john cena's old home movies from when he was a child and him doing, doing the same thing wrestling. doing backyard wrestling and shit and then him doing the same thing in the modern day in the music video oh uh, yes we get the entire fucking song and the entire fucking music video oh my god Oh my god, white, it's so fucking white, it's so white. The, these motherfuckers, all these motherfuckers are wearing like white t-shirts, and at one point I saw one person handing the fucking whitest ass hot dog bun, most white white bread ass hot dog bun I've ever seen to someone else there. Jesus goddamn Christ. It's, this music video is literally just like family reunion I footage. God, this is just a family reunion. That scene is like, all right, folks, we're gonna film my music video. Hey, let's go. And it's yeah, like, uh, which the on song that note is so just overly sentimental and kind of boring. Uh, also, I need mean, this one shot that just had me writing down Cena 
please stop having your cousin shake her ass at the camera. This is obviously like a family reunion. Oh yeah, they do. They do make sure they got a couple of, of bars and shots that are still about like chicks and asses. Yeah, but like and one of them like, was like in the driveway of like his. Oh yeah, in the driveway doing doing yeah. some clubbing shit. Like, and I'm like, that's what the clearly fuck? your cousin. Please stop telling her to shake her ass at the camera. Everybody's uncomfy. Like nobody stop. like that. No, now this video sucked ass and <laughs> so- um. Dude. And we had to watch so it. Wag. And then, yeah. oh, oh, God, the, the whiplash again as Chris Benoit comes out. <laughs> Nothing says family friendly and li- quite like Chris Benoit. Oh, my, my favorite family. <laughs> yeah, he comes out and then, okay, Austin, help me out here. Who the I have casually mentioned. <laughs> I definitely have mentioned Simon Dean once before, <laughs> but this is our first time seeing this beautiful, beautiful gimmick. And, okay. Who the fuck is this guy? So, Simon Dean is a wrestler. I, I his did. Gimmick, his, his gimmick is he, like, is an. I, he is like a fit, a fitness instructor from an infomercial, <laughs> and he has the he has the Simon system oh to help God. you get fit. And he wears like a whole ass purple tracksuit, and it's like the tracksuit has his face on the back of it. And it says Dean, and what the fuck? It is like a fucking like perm. 2005 continues to be the wildest year in the history of wrestling. What is happening? So Simon Dean comes out and just starts cutting a promo about how clearly Chris Benoit has never hit the weights. Rabbit Wolverine, more like Flabby Wolverine. And they, and they cut, they cut to the incredibly cut and roided out Chris Benoit, who just has a look of sheer hoomst on his face. He, Though like, he also gets in a good bit of, I bet you don't eat healthy. I mean, how could you with that missing tooth of yours? And, and like he, he like he kind of gives this like corny ass smile afterwards, like he dropped a great little like one-liner just just <laughs> cuffs out and has the audacity to start blatantly like falsely body shaming chris benoit and benoit's just standing here like uh who and i cannot stress this enough the fuck are you so um <laughs> benoit just kind of kicks his ass <laughs> Apparently, Benoit doesn't apparently take too kindly to having his workout ethic questioned. No, he doesn't. Uh, At one point in the match, Taz and Cole say Chris Benoit is Smash Mouth personified, which I was like, hmm. Uh, So, I mean, somebody once told Benoit the world was going to roll him. I mean, he isn't, he definitely isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Oh, uh, see, you caught that. What I caught 
was at one point fucking Taz goes, yeah, Simon Dean, it's a funny name. And Cole just, Cole comes back with, why is it a funny name? Taz isn't really a household name either, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, Cole just fucking turned to Taz and verbally bitch slapped him for making fun of Simon Dean's name. <laughs> Well, I mean, as as Police we would then, and then and then as we would learn immediately after this bit, Michael Cole is talking about how he uses the Simon system. <laughs> he's been and, he's been getting swole on the and, Simon and, system, and and then I think Taz makes a crack about blemishes that I swear to God is meant to be a callback to Jillian Hall again because Taz just can't keep it in his pants. And this, at this point, Taz and Cole are just cracking up on commentary. They are. They're just... They are pop, they are popping themselves. That is all they're doing here. These two need to these two are like the kids that sit together and like sit next to each other in fucking like fourth grade and are like like they, they're just the two that will like side talk as much as they can. They're always cracking up and their teacher just fucking hates them because they will never shut up. These two need to be separated. They need to be put at separate tables. Their chairs need to be spaced out. It's too dangerous to keep them sitting together. Yep. Uh, and then Benoit wins, LOL. Uh, Cole with a good line where he says, Simon says, tap out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that happens, and shock of all shocks, Benoit wins. Yeah. And then we get the final match of the evening, the sixth whole match, guys. That's twice as many as last week. Uh, I know. What the fuck? Maybe Sean... that's why just had matches to speed shit along hey christian versus batista uh christian opens the match going for a lockup and so and he like tries to push batista back into the ropes and batista just doesn't move and it's and it is at this point taz on commentary suggests that maybe they need to get one of those wand deers back and maybe that'll help push batista back. i think he suggested a few wand deers were necessary for this task Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the match is like mostly Batista kicking ass. Like, yeah, pretty Christian much. Gets in moments, but also this match is all about talking about how much it's like a perfect physical specimen, the likes of which you've never seen before. Yeah, is Batista, much. and like he is quite the muscly boy, but like, goddamn, like calm down a little bit. <clears throat> Yeah, no, but uh, also, fucking Austin started this match by very, with with cruel irony, pointing out like, "Hey, we haven't really gotten any JBL this episode," and I kind of brought a smile to myself and like, "Hey, yeah, you're right. We we get a week off from JBL. That's nice." No, well, I should have known better. Batista sets up for the Batista bomb, and then here comes JBL to ruin everything. They have the world's slowest punch uh, back and forth as the ref calls for the DQ. Then they go to the outside. JBL grabs a chair, hits Batista in the face, then throws him back in the ring, hits him with the chair a couple more times in the back. 
then hits him in the face with the chair. And then SmackDown ends with JBL standing over Batista and doing his stupid fucking longhorn pose. He really thought he had something going there. And I was having such a nice episode. Yeah, but so I skimmed through that entire bit because I don't care. Um, yeah, stupid. Yeah, so this episode was dumb in a good way. Yes, as a lot Fun of two thousand five has been. Dumb. Uh, but it was also what the fuck is happening a lot. It was, all, it was also fucking dumb. Yep. Uh, but a fun time, I I think. I, I would say here. so. This was not a painful watch. The the Ray Eddie shit was like legitimately awesome. God damn, mm-hmm. the performances from these two men just knocked it out of the fucking park. And yeah. everything else was just man, this is goofy. But none of it ling- none of it sticks around for too fucking long. And what is there is just fun to riff on. So sure, why not? Yep. So the stage is set for us now. Next time we are here. For in this arc, we will be at SummerSlam 2005. It's time for the ladder match that Ray commissioned for some fun. I still that's the best part. They're going, they're still going. Like Dominic got taken away from them, and the and the fucking social work lady was like, uh yeah, what the fuck? And they're still going ahead with this match. Like neither of them stopped to question, like, oh yeah, maybe actually this isn't such a great idea. No, they're still going ahead with it. Fuck no, that. we're still gonna have the match. I guess once you say it, you can't take it back. It's them's the rules. Yeah. Teddy Long's got to book. Teddy Long's got to put. Got to book this shit yesterday, player. Mm -hmm. All right. So, what that is for a future episode? What are we doing next time on this podcast? Mm. Um, I'll be honest. Up until about like this afternoon, I had planned that what we were gonna do is as a counter to how we watched the the last episode, the episode of Raw the simulcast with the last episode of nitro that we would watch the last episode of nitro. Oh. But I thought to myself, I don't know if we have the right emotional connection to WC. I don't, I don't know if we've seen enough WCW for that to really hit the same. So I have decided that for next time we are going to take a deep dive. We're going to do a dive into a new wrestling company that we have never watched before on this podcast. And this is a wrestling company that's really fucking dumb. And I've always wanted to see how dumb it is. So in in the aftermath between WCW failing and TNA rising up, Oh, there okay. were, there were, I don't know what you thought I was going to I say. I thought you were going to say CYN. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, you motherfucker. Never. Um. So in the, in the in-between of WCW ending and TNA starting, there were, you know, companies popped up to try to be like, all the WCW guys that, WWE didn't want they still were out there Mm -hmm. so wrestling companies like popped up for a minute there and one of them was supposed to be Hulk Hogan's big new project Uh, Mm -hmm. I present to you next week we are going to be watching the first episode of the lost episodes of the XWF Oh my fucking god, I think I've heard of this in, like, hushed whispers across the IWC. 
Oh no! But I knowing that it's a Hogan it Helm project is a what? I feel like already this poses a great philosophical question of what happens when Hogan is the man at the top and has no one above him to tell them that it doesn't work for him, brother. <laughs> Who does Hogan say this doesn't work for me, brother, too? Who does he say it to? It's the, the story of a mad king and his grand fall, for he had no <laughs> idea where to direct his, his lack of working for brother. Ho Hogan sat down and weeped, for he had <laughs> yeah. no more politics no more. to conquer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah baby this one's gonna be a fucking good one yep so next time we'll watch the first episode of the xwf brother holy shit man oh boy yeah but that is for next time until then david hit our plugs yes sir dear friends thank you all so much for giving us yet another wonderful listen of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so delighted to have you all here. Hey, returning listeners, viewers, what have you, you know the drill. Thanks so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever it is you use to consume our content. We are so delighted to have you here. Hey, new people, how's it going? Welcome. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a, you're a veteran of the weird bullshit either way we hope you've had a great time here we we hope you want to keep having a great time with us week after week after week if you'd like to do so but you're not entirely sure how well not to worry my friends i have you covered first of all you can find us on youtube we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on youtube hit subscribe ring that bell make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode uh make sure to check out all of our playlists austin has been kind enough to organize all the arcs and shit that we follow into their own playlist so you can follow something all the way down without having to skip around a whole lot it's a great time and just give us that sweet sweet engagement and we got a we got video going up on the youtube too like like you see our pretty faces and it's, it's a good time but hey if you're a fan of the audio only version we understand we got you there too the noobs and knockouts podcast can be found on three of the best places to find your audio only podcast which of course would be spotify google and apple podcast come check us out there listen to us download us maybe drop us a nice little five-star rating and a nice little review that says uh hey these guys are pretty cool maybe you want to check them out i don't know i'm just saying whatever it is greatly appreciated come check us out over there however you can also get in contact with us all across the interwebs ain't that cool first and foremost of course is our twitter you can find us on twitter at noobs and knocks pod on twitter that's at noobs the letter n knocks pod on twitter come check us out there it's a great time we post memes we engage in discourse we post every single time we drop a brand new episode so you guys know what the hell's going on and of course the highlight of our twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting um austin has been taking a break from his uh, regular weekly wrestling. I will be back soon. You will be back soon. Oh shit! I knew, I knew, I knew Ruby coming back. I knew it would get you. Oh yeah, uh, that was what was bringing me back here. Absolutely. I, the, I have to. I am the last Ruby Soho stand. One day really. she will win a title, and I will be the too. most excited. Person. You made me a convert too. I believe. 
one day. Yeah. So anyway, but until then, I have been I have been running the live tweeting over on the Twitter every Wednesday night, or at least every Wednesday night I can make it at 8 p.m. on TBS. We're watching what else? AEW Dynamite. It's a good fucking time. Uh, we, uh, we, we, we just like to have fun. I'm over there watching with my roomies, tweeting my observations, sometimes stealing their observations and tweeting them out too. And usually their observations get more liked than me because they're, they're, they're funnier. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but Hey, it's a great time. And Hey, if I'm feeling really spicy, I'll fucking on, uh, 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 on Friday nights at 10 PM over on TNT, uh, I'll even live tweet AEW rampage. Uh, and of course, on top of all that, on top of my live tweeting of the weekly shows, Austin, of course, has always kept up his diligent work, checking out and live tweeting the pay-per-views of all the major companies. My friend was on the docket coming up. Sure. So it's going to be a hot minute before anything comes up. But Hell yeah. we on January 13th is Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill. Ooh. Uh, we will have uh, Josh Alexander wrestling Bully Ray for the world championship. That's something that's happening. However, interesting match here. Jordan Grace, the current knockouts world champion, the truest muscle mommy of, of, of wrestling, if I may say so, versus Mickey James. You know Mickey James, legend. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Hot in a in a title versus career match shit. for the knockouts world championship. Holy shit. Well, yeah. Then next up on January 28th is the Royal rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. Please don't sue me. Michael buffer uh, <laughs> as, as 30 men and 30 women will enter. And the winner will of each match will be given a chance at a, a world championship at WrestleMania 39. God damn, that's a lot of WrestleManias, dude. It is, and I've watched all of them. Uh, and then for AEW on March 5th is Revolution coming at you live from San Francisco out in California. Uh, obviously too early to have any matches for that, but keep, we'll be keeping you updated as though, as that changes. Absolutely. So come check us out on the Twitter guys. It's a great time over there. If for some reason you like hearing us ramble about wrestling for two hours at a time over here, you'll like it over on the Twitter. The voices carry over. We like to have fun there. So come check us out at noobs. We, and have, fun, we have fun. We like to have fun. <laughs> Um, uh, but of course, if you want to get in super direct contact with us, you got options there too. You can hit us up at our email address. We got an email address. Ain't that nifty? You can hit us up, uh, at our email address, noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and knockouts pod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us what you think about the show. Give us requests for what you want to see us cover on the show. Uh, tell us how based and red pill our hot takes are or how stupid you think we are. Start discourse. Say hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockoutspot at gmail.com. And of course, finally, you can also find us on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. The link for that is in our Twitter. Um, <clears throat> $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. Shout-out, of course, as always, to friend of the show, the sugar daddy, Kyle Smith, for his donation. Enjoy your perks, buddy. 
uh, if you want to enjoy your perks along with our boy Kyle, Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on Patreon. Link is in the tweeter. See you all next time. Hasta luego.